War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in, routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is Wednesday, and inflation is not getting any better. Now, President Biden still is insisting that he is the best person. Listen to him going after someone saying that he's the best chance. People still need to vote for him. Listen to this exchange. He goes right up to a reporter. So that is him uh, saying he would still. Um, how about folks, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci? We can't put the pandemic behind us. And feel and hope that it doesn't exist. It does. Everybody wants to put this pandemic behind us and feel and hope that it doesn't exist. It does. Everybody- he doesn't want to live without it, that's for sure. All right, let's go to the latest inflation numbers. Prices are greatly impacting Americans. Whit Johnson joins us now with more on that. Good morning, Whit. Robin, good morning. This report is a critical tool in assessing the health of the U.S. economy, and some analysts are expecting even more bad news today, possibly a new 40-year high on inflation. Last month's report showed inflation hitting 8.6%. That was the highest since 1981. Overall, this is costing Americans an extra $460 per month on the same goods, according to Moody's Analytics. The national average for the cost of rent is up 25.5% from a year ago. A one-bedroom apartment now more than $1,700 per month. Oil and gas prices were extremely high in June. Those prices have come down a little, but that will not be documented in this report. So economists will be watching to see if there's any signs of cooling when it comes to inflation. If that doesn't happen, it would likely add to growing fears of a possible recession. Robin. And you just mentioned the drop in gas prices, and there's some indication they could go even lower? Yes, Robin, we've seen oil prices start to come down. It will likely drive down gas prices even more. Right now, the average for a gallon of gas is four sixty-five. That's still a dollar fifty more than it was a year ago. But Gas Buddy predicts that prices could go down to four fifty a gallon in the next week and possibly even more by August. Look at that, folks. I mean, it is just not getting any easier. Now, how about the surveillance video from Rob Elementary School? Uvalde, Texas. It's it's rough. Only showing edited portions. John Quinones is in Uvalde with more on the reaction to those Uvalde. images and the police officers' actions on that day. Good morning, John. You know, Amy, overnight this community livid over the fact that the video was shown before the families got a chance to see it. Frankly, it's difficult for us to show it, but it's the first time we're seeing the law enforcement response and the failure to act. A warning this is disturbing to watch. 
This morning, the chilling surveillance video showing the rampage inside Robb Elementary School stoking anger. These families were blindsided and it shouldn't have been done this way. We are the parents that lost our children. We're supposed to do this together first. In the newly broadcast security video, you see the gunman crash his truck outside the school. He gets out, firing multiple rounds at two witnesses who run as the heavily armed shooter fires directly at the building. <laughs> Desperate 911 calls go out. Yet moments later, in the surveillance footage obtained by ABC affiliate KVUE and the Austin American Statesman, you see the gunman inside. Oh. They released it to provide transparency to the community. ABC News is not showing all of it. As the gunman entered the first class at 11.33 a.m., a young boy heading down the hallway spotted him. He runs away as shots are fired. Three minutes later at 11.36 a.m., Officers are in the same hallway. Bullets from the shooter's rifle grazing two officers who double back. At 11.52, more officers with rifles, ballistic shields, helmets, and bulletproof vests arrive. Guns drawn, but they do not confront the suspect. By 12.03 p.m., more than a dozen law enforcement officers were inside the school from local, state, and federal agencies. 48 minutes go by. The shooter fires another four rounds, but still no rescue attempt. At 12.50, 77 minutes after the shooter entered the school, a team finally breaches the classroom to kill the gunman. 19 students and two teachers lost their lives. It's just never ending pain. It's just one thing after another. Now in recovery after being shot, watching the video reinforced the trauma of what happened to fourth grade teacher Arnulfo Reyes, who was inside classroom 111 on May 24th. Knowing that I was just a few feet away, it makes me more angry that they waited. It's just heartbreaking. You know, many of the families of the victims here in Uvalde are in Washington, D.C. for a rally there later today. They're demanding a national ban on assault weapons. Robin. No, I believe, folks, um, <clears throat> and again, the footage of the gunman inside, the, the just strolling casually through the hallway, it's, it's really frightening. There's a piece in the Washington Post, show the body after Uvalde, Highland Park, Parkland, Sandy Hook, is it time for the news media to publish photos of the victims of mass murder by Paul Ferrani? So, you know, an argument could be made. He writes, when Chicago Sun-Times editor saw the photos last week, this was the uh, editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, Jennifer, her first thought was, oh my God, we can't run these. They show carnage and chaos. Victims of the July 4th parade shooting sprawled on sidewalk streets, blood pouring from jagged wounds caused by a man armed with a high-powered rifle. The images left her facing an old, news dilemma, an old newsroom dilemma. Should they be published? On one hand, the photos taken by the veteran reporter Lynn Sweet happened to be at the parade during the attack. Clearly newsworthy. Graphic evidence of mass shooting in the sometimes backyard. But the Editor also knew publishing them could upset victims' families or offend readers who aren't used to seeing gruesome images in a mainstream publication or could be, here's the thing, seen as exploitation. Sometimes ultimately published just one of the photos on its website. Shows a victim covered by a blanket except for one hand with blood flowing from the body down the steps of the plaza. The newspaper waited till the victim's family has been informed of the deaths, placed the photo behind a screen, that warned viewers before they clicked through the images graphic and disturbing. Please consider the potential for trauma. Exercise caution. They decide to withhold the photo from the print so readers wouldn't stumble across it. Even with its caveats and cautions, sometimes decision to publish photo was unusual. Graphic images of violent crime rarely published or reared by mainstream news outlets. Few will show blood or a victim's face. But amid an epidemic of mass shootings, some journalists argue Traditional notions of restraint amount to an invasion of, evasion of journalists' responsibility to depict reality. 
We cannot sanitize these killings, tweeted Nancy Barnes, NPR, senior vice president. After 19 children, two adults were killed in Texas. That in itself is an editorial decision. Show the bodies, journalism dean David Boardman at Temple University argued. Put on display newspapers, television, photograph or three that can finally help the American public understand what happens when a weapon designed for modern warfare is unleashed on innocent, unarmed people, like a 10-year-old at school. Even in an age of ubiquitous cell phone cameras, photos such as suites aren't typically available to the press after a mass shooting. News photographers often don't arrive till the police have locked down the scene. Security cameras provide a record of the uh, glory aftermath, but authorities often withhold this, reducing the news value. Even when journalists do obtain images, they tend to withhold the most disturbing details. After an attack killed 60 people, wounded 400 at that outdoor concert in Las Vegas, the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history 2017, the Las Vegas Review-Journal maintained highlighted images of grieving survivors and police, not blood and bodies. And the Austin American Statesman website published surveillance footage yesterday from Texas they noted the sound of children screaming has been removed. As general practice, we avoid publishing graphically violent images. We do that out of respect to the victims of violence and out of respect to our readers. In rare cases, when the newspaper breaks from that tradition, it warns readers in big, bold text where they scroll across something graphic. Day-to-day -day decisions about which photos to publish are a moving target. One day we may uh, do something we want another. There's no super hard, fast rules. He writes, news organizations have wrestled with questions while publishing violent images. As far back as the Civil War, photos of the dead shocked and fascinated the public. But the modern media also knows the power of a horrific image. Jet Magazine's photos of the mutilated body of the black 14-year-old Emmett Till helped energize the civil rights movement in the 50s. The mother explicitly solicited the photos. Photos of death and trauma galvanized opposition to the Vietnam War. Photos of that dead Syrian children on a beach in Greece and the girl who died trying to cross the Rio Grande brought international attention. Video of the murder, well, the death of George Floyd led to worldwide protest. And published images of Russian atrocities, Ukraine elicited worldwide people condemning it. News editors should avoid creating a sadistic image culture that desensitizes readers and viewers, exploits victims, and re-traumatizes survivors. Often, other kinds of reporting can be more effective. He suggests journalists ask themselves, is blood the only way to jolt the public conscience? The writer goes on, in fact, it's impossible for any journalist to know what impact a disturbing image will have on the public. Which showing the devastating effect of an assault weapon on a fourth grader's body alter the debate about gun ownership or merely repel people. Could publishing such photos, could publishing such photos even inspire new attacks? Decision often depends on the nature of the victims. Many new US, US news outlets ran photos of the former Japanese prime minister, public assassination. But, but most crime victims aren't public figures. They're usually only individuals known to a small circle of people. The Sandy Hook murders published, alarmed by the possibility photos of Sandy Hook would be published over the victims' wishes of victims' families, the state of Connecticut passed a law sealing all official photos and documents of homicide victims. And the reaction among the Sun Times readers to the photos was generally muted. A few criticized the paper for if it bleeds, it leads mentality. Others were more favorable. Thanks for being courageous, showing what really happened. Sometimes wasn't the only news media outlet to publish a graphic image from the July 4th shooting. Um, I believe publishing the photo may be a sin, but the greater sin is the crime it depicts. Standing by it is a sin too. That's going to be the debate. I vote in favor of let people see the photos. Let people see the photos. That's the only way to get a depiction. And folks, if people saw the images of what happened to those children in Sandy Hook, of what happened to those children in Texas, let people then decide what's the appropriate action. This portion of the program 
Brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in, see everything available. Annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging patients, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs. They're open seven days a week. They are a full-scale nursery. Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Gift certificates are available. Again, look for them on Facebook. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're open seven days a week. Shop local. Steve Debbie Jr. Byron. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, you are listening to The John DePietro Show. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S Broadway Appliance and TV. Located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 Smithfield. You can call them 401 949 7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner, and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave, Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, one of my siblings is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. DJ, I want to start off um, just because, you know, as you think of it in the scheme of things, this is really unprecedented. The New York Times coverage over the weekend this is not a matter of you think of some of the articles they've done, just say in the past 20 years, you know, maybe it was President Bush and the problems with the, you know, we're always going after Cheney and maybe President Obama and various things. But this thing with Biden and age and the fact that it's the New York Times and very in depth and really going after that he uh, and, and I think illustrating understandable visuals such as you know the staff notices he doesn't walk that well anymore he just kind of shuffles along i mean you tell me you've worked in washington obviously covered media and worked yep. in politics but uh, th- this to me seems as if the coverage has kind of crossed into a different a different lane if you will yes and great to be with you as always uh jd um I, to me for the New York Times to be giving this quite sometimes it was almost difficult, you know, to, you know, type of piece. If you're a Democrat to read that they're putting their thumb on the scale, in my opinion, John, and they mm-hmm. are to me and they're getting uh, a lot of information and they do get inside interviews. They're putting their thumb on the scale. And I think they see this is this would be like the central issue, whether they like it or not to sort of have the party not move forward with the Biden 2024. I mean, I I think it's really gotten to that level. Um, You know, John, back in the day, you know, the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, we all understand that it, it, it issues can become the central issue. Now, of course, it's not a scandal, but his age to me, there are uh, people who are simply, saying people who you wouldn't be, you know, who are quoted, David Gergen, who's certainly, you know, not considered an undiplomatic guy saying, you don't belong doing this at 80 um, and Biden 78 now. So I, I just think for them to go to that length and when you when you comb through some of it, I, I also think it does raise, you know, I think valid questions, even as this week as he goes jets off to Saudi Arabia, John, and they brought up 
issues that were, you know, apparently there was a lot of scheduling discussions. And, you know, when he was over in Europe, they thought, well, why not tack it on, right? If you're in Europe, it's closer, you know, you do fly over to the Middle East. And then it was, whether it's Jill Biden or some, you know, top staff, the wife was like, no, 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 like he needs to come home, quote, kind of in rest is the impression they give. So, you know, and I also think they point out things that some of us have said, how his weekends in Delaware are very private, closely guarded. The media has almost like no access to him. Right. And I, I just think that's actually a very, very big issue that you would never see a Republican get away with that. He is no. really, really, John, he is so closely watched. And as you said, the things about you know, the odd walking, I've said for a while, shuffling is commonly uh, related to Parkinson's disease and the onset mm-hmm. of it. Um, and his gait seems to be even changing as he's been in office. Um, and the thing of they're afraid he might trip over the wires in the press conferences. Um, so all of this, you jumble this together. And, and what does it mean? Like, in my view, you're already seeing there are activist groups who are saying in the progressive wing john they're saying no you know we we he really wasn't our original guy we put our head down he's in i think you're gonna see a lot of noise about this and i do not i'm just not sure the centrists in the party are gonna win about saying do we put our head down and he goes forward in 24 um but to to have this to that degree you know and they're J.D., you and I know how these articles work, that people are speaking to the New York Times. Yes. I mean, these are like very detailed, right? Like someone would have to be saying they know exactly how their weekends go at the house, right? And then they're kind of, you know, dribbling it out. So um, I, I would just say to have these prominent pieces and then the rest of the media is still, though, John, I would say quite timid to run with it right they like, are yeah so but what i think is also and again folks for sweet with donna perry dj what's remarkable about it is i i just don't you know you go back that was reagan at the very end but even biden right now at 79 he's even older than reagan was that right me, right you know that he would be 86 after the second term but <laughs> what i think was interesting is how they captured you know the staff basically holding their breath when he's giving a speech because of the flubs you know, right. and that's just oh, even yeah. with the teleprompter or he's always getting his words confused. Um, but this is, you know, this is the midterms coming up. And again, it's obviously inflation is a problem, various things. I'm just I don't recall a time when, as you say, that is really becoming the central issue here. That's his age, that he's not up for the job. This is not a matter of, you know, it was after Hurricane Katrina, President Bush and Iraq war. You know, there were various things that then hurt the presidency. Yes. Uh, Obama in the second term after he got elected. You know, there were various things that happened that maybe he was kind of too cool for the room and wouldn't help a lot of other Democrats. But but with Biden, this is nothing Donna Perry. He can do anything about. He's getting even older. But isn't it interesting that they remain adamant that he is the only one that, you know, can beat Trump. And that's what they seem to be playing their card on. Right. And uh, although like even some Democrat leaning uh, pundits, I think over the weekend noted that in a head to head matchup, now you would think with all of the Trump, you know, baggage in the pile on and January 6th is on, you know, every minute and everything. They noted that in this early head to head, it wasn't even like Biden was like, it was kind of margin of error, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, exactly. It was. So JD, that, tells you a lot i mean when you have i believe the latest poll is like what is it barely 20 percent under 20 percent if i'm seeing that that the country this has always been the classic golden standard new, i don't new, it, new york times 33 percent yeah approval rating 75 percent of the country feel it's headed in the wrong direction right and and so 75 and there's even polls that show a little higher like so what yes. does that mean just like 20 percent of people it's always that jd that think the country is on the wrong track that is so significant and and because again the average person they don't speak the way you and I do about all this stuff in detail, right? So they don't know how to say it, J.D., but what that means is if a pollster says that, that's the gut reaction of your average voter 
who, again, they can't pour through information day and night. Um, that usually is connected to where they feel, you know, their vote would ultimately go. Um, and there's just no way around it. You know, you see some of the pundits are still trying to, I think Carville the other day, or he was, you know, he's a little bit pointing to things, oh, Biden could do or pass the prescription drugs reduction price for seniors. JD, what <laughs> I think we're I talking, think so. right. Like we're talking about like way bigger picture. Yeah. That's just not. Um, but the fact that the paper like that, let's face it, the, the New York Times bangs it out like that. They're on, that's for massive consumption. Yep. They're not burying it on page 17 on Friday. No. Um, the weekend pieces, you and I know how this works. It sets the tone. Um, and I just think like a, in, in many ways, it, it's, it's sort of happening in front of everyone's eyes, exactly. by the way. Yes. And devastating. But it's also it's easy to understand. This isn't like some convoluted scandal. Uh, the people trying to, you know, white, right. white water or something like that. This is every time someone sees him, there's a flub and, and him falling off the bike in Delaware just <laughs> two weeks ago. And yeah. now it's just a matter of time. And, and, and as you said, that is really the central issue. And I don't think there's any any way they can they can get around it. We're going to take folks nope. a quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 we're speaking with independent opinion maker columnist it's Donna Perry DJ I did want to get your thought I thought our local press was very timid on the story, hesitant at first, mm-hmm. and if anything, almost kind of running real kid gloves, uh, almost giving the person cover. But this was the big July 4th story that then exploded where there's a, a very brash uh, state senator, Tierra Mack, and she goes to the beach with her friends and they're clowning around and, and she posts the upside down twerking beach video on her campaign account, where at the end of it, she says, vote Senator Mack. And it just the video, not her posting it took off, but the libs of TikTok, which is an account. That's what took off. Tucker Carlson did it three nights in a row. Yep. I found the local media was almost trying to say, oh, you know, she's tapped into the younger generation and they relate to this and like it. Listen, both of us have young daughters that are even younger than senator mack is i think 28 years old i just wanted to get your it it was it was tasteless it was to me it just shows terrible immaturity but it it shouldn't be lost that the local media you know the fact that she is a woman the fact that she describes herself as a black queer woman yes they were very very cautious the providence journals yet to write about it Channel 12 gave her four days to prepare, finally sat down with her on on Friday. It was um, people are trying to spin it that, wow, she figured out a way to break through the noise. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on her performance and then the reaction to it. Sure. Um, and I will say over the years, I am normally I'm a big fan of Ted Nisi. I feel like he's usually been like he's a he's a very quality guy. I yes. give him credit. He sat down with her. I will say I was disappointed that he um, to me, a lot of what is in that interview just deserved a whole different level of pushback, John. Yeah. Uh, and I would yeah. very much agree with you. First of all, 
you know, she is her reasoning on a lot of this stuff is almost part of an old argument that normally you get from 13 year olds, by the way, like right. this, the, what, what, what's going on here. And you're seeing this in a lot of these young activists and a lot of them are in what they now they, okay, they say queer, we would say gay, whatever. It's kind of like, I can dress whatever way I want. I don't have to pr- act in a certain way. It's called, John, conforming. Yeah. And, and that is to them like a poisonous concept. Uh, and you do see this in a lot of, you know, her type of, uh, and folks, and what I mean by that is like these progressives. But I do agree with you. I think, um, look, she's a state senator. There's uh, a lot of very serious, complicated problems in Providence. And I kind of wish Nisi had gone back at her a little bit and said, excuse me, your reasoning that I, I mean, she's saying ridiculous things like now I have a platform because you're twerking on the beach. It's oh like, no, my God. no, I- excuse me. Um, and she got away with saying things like it sparked a lot of important conversations. John, like what? Any <laughs> like what? Like, so that's yes. a, that's all a lot of BS is what I was saying there. And I also think the only thing he said, and he could have gone a lot tougher, and I'm not trying to pick on Ted. I agree with you. Where are the other female journalists in the market? Like, excuse me, um, a lot of this, she's drawn people back into the argument. And he did try to go there with that about how it sort of diminishes women and their appearance and their physical body shape. Now, J.D., that is a pillar of what you hear in, in contemporary Feminism, by the way, yeah. like it is this whole thing of stop being consumed with that. And if you're professional and if you're effective and you want to be a leader. So to me, it is ultimately so superficial um, that you're perform, you know, doing that on a TikTok video. I mean, you know, so I, I just think I would love to see uh, there are still, you know, remaining a couple of people at the Providence Journal, as you say, papers and what they can't. If we if Rhode Island has reached a point where you have people who, OK, so she's a black queer woman. Uh, she I think she said 15 times so everyone caught it that she's Ivy League educated. OK, yeah. you know, she's sort of um, I'm assuming that's brown. Um, it is brown. Right. So, okay. And uh, she kept repeating that. So I'm just saying the state continues to have um, a diminishing business climate, uh, a lot of, you know, real still failing schools. And and, and she's representing Providence. And for someone that the media has no ability, like how low have we gone, John, that they except for, you know, guys like you. Again, I give Neezy at least try to sit down with her. But, you know, this is her tagline, you know, and, and she's talking about it. One other thing, if I may, like there's such a lack of understanding what this role of being in public service is from a lot of these progressives. I mean, she's yep. saying a lot of her bills, which I'm sure people considered ridiculous and out of the mainstream. Oh, yeah. And OK, and so and so she's saying, you know, well, when I was speaking in um a hearing or something like an I was interrupted. I was disrespected. John, <laughs> they're like, it's like it's called you debate. That's the center of, you know, serving yeah. in a legislative body. Senator um, Tierra Mack yeah. is immature. She yes. should not be there. She doesn't respect Agree. the process. This was someone that they had to almost pull her aside and say, because she constantly at the state house drops F bombs and they had to say to her, listen, that's, you know, unprofessional and, you know, it's inappropriate. And her response is, hey, that's just me being real. And this is how millennials talk in her eyes, Donna Perry. There's yeah. never an excuse of that's as you write, conform. You know, when you think of how people would point out that and they would say, you know, Hillary Clinton, whoever they would always say, you know, the reporters would say what they wore, what type of dress they wore. Right. They mentioned the man. Always. And then to try to say, well, I did this to then bring attention to my issues. She has a September primary. I don't think she's going to make it out of that September primary. And we're both fans and respect to Nisi. The other thing that, that he also didn't touch on, number one, uh, well, there's several things. Uh, in the, if this was someone else, you would have seen, I think, Channel 12 outside. This was posted Monday night. Tuesday, boom, boom, knocking at the door. Hello, Senator Mack. They want to talk to her. Tuesday, she would not do an on-camera interview with Channel 10. She got a couple days together, put together, you know, a conservative outfit. 
But she also took shots at the Senate president uh, in this flurry of TikTok videos. And there was no mention of that. Like, why do you use that platform to go after Dominic Ruggiero? And, you know, I'm not the biggest supporter. I mean, he's he's labor through and through. But there's definitely a it's not people's imagination. There was a double standard. If that had been a Republican, yes. or that had been maybe either a white male or a white female, I think it just would have been a completely different approach. They were clearly going very easy. They also, I noticed, it didn't seem like it was an edited interview, so they didn't want her to be able to say, you're going to edit my words out and make me look bad. So they went long form you know, with it. But um, I, I just felt her reasoning, as you said, you just heard it, it's it's preposterous. There is no platform and they're not even in session. And if she really felt, hey, the way that I'm going to get attention to my issues, then why did she do this back in February when the General Assembly was still there? Absolutely. It's, just, it's all right. nonsense. No, it's just nonsense. Um, she doesn't. Uh, I And I think she's she not a serious person. She's, she's not a serious candidate. Bingo. Rhode Island has suffered, right. John, as we know. She's not a serious person. Rhode no. Island has had enough uh, embarrassing uh, scandals. And, yes. you know, Rhode Island sometimes suffers from poor coverage. This doesn't help. I want to say, you know, how about working for actual reforms as opposed to twerking? How about actually working for, <laughs> you know, true answers, right? Like this yes. whole thing of um, I'm, you know, doing this and, you know, and, and for the black community, John, baloney. Okay, you're, you're in that city. Yes. We know that public school system has huh. failed has failed black children in yeah. that city for 35 years or 40. Right. John, I'm sorry. Like, so yes. stop, she's one in a long line. You're going to reform. No, you're not. No, no. Not you're, so she, I think it's like out of an AOC page. You it know, is. she's like, I'll be a, a internet sensation. So. Yep. And that's what it's going to be. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. So, DJ uh, Politico, what a, a great story, but it just shows you how far things have come. Now, granted, they're talking about, there's the picture. They're talking about just how far and the gains that GOP could make. And who's the photo they show? Former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. I like that they say he's uh, going for a seat in Western Rhode Island. I yeah, right. I know. Of, like a Western. You know, we're not exactly like Texas, <laughs> West Texas, but anyhow, West of Rhode Island. I guess right. CD2 compared to CD1 is the West part of the state, but I wouldn't, when I think of Western, I think of, you know, like the Ponderosa, not Western. But but that just shows you <laughs> how remarkable it is. Uh, in, and also, Mayor Fung, to his credit, right now, he is in a golden position. I'm just curious your thoughts on how much that must resonate in D.C., that they have a chance to pick up a Republican seat in Rhode Island. Look, yeah, that that could not have been good timing, a great placement right there. And, and you know, kind of wake up national, John, because sometimes, you know, over the years, going way back with when you're a smaller state, you know, you want the national Republican muscle of the NRCC, John, which would kind of, they work with the congressional seats, you know, send some money, you know, help and all that. So it's, it was good on every level for him to have that elevation. Um, And I also would say, um, I don't know, maybe this, I know you've talked about this, but something Fung, he's such a good guy. He doesn't like use things to, you know, take a pot shot. But I think when you have the mass rep, Ochenklaus, Yes. You know, taking some shots at him, and you've noted this, and always yep. going with magazine or, um, you know, JD, that's the party that the Democrats have often talked about right from the podium about representation matters. Isn't that what Jen Psaki said every day? Well, look, this would be the first Asian American. Right. Yep. Um, I thought representation matters. 
And so there you go. Like, so, you know, and I'd like to see someone put that to auction clause and say, so I don't know, you don't think this could be kind of exciting for this, you know, Republican guy. I mean, of course, he's not going to cross lines. But I would say, like, as opposed to taking shots at him, and I, I think that's something Fung and the Republicans need to argue in defense of him, by the way. I mean, yes. I think they should point that out. Because, um, again, that's the Democrats playbook. Um, we hear, heard it from Biden's White House the whole time they've been in. Yep. So I think that should be pointed out. Um, I also think we ha- live in a time that maybe didn't happen in Rhode Island that much. But, you know, Asian Americans have come under attack physically. That's right. um, and they've gone through, you know, a lot of difficult um, things. And, and there's there's hate toward them, which we saw maybe more in bigger cities. But I just think they should. That is part part of the profile of Alan Fung, and he has every right to tap into that and utilize that. And the National Party, John, could be doing that a little bit for him. So I, you know. And Donna Perry, you worked in D.C. for the last Republican representative from Rhode Island, and and with that was Ron Makeley in in Washington. Think of that, and that was, you know, that was, um, I mean, he left off. The early 90s. (laughs) Early 90s, but the significance, you're exactly right. The significance of having Massachusetts has no Republican in Congress. Connecticut has no Republican in Congress. If if Alan Funk can can pull this off, it would be just incredibly dramatic. It's also a win for the Republican Party because it would help them, you know, cultivate the Asian American vote. But Donna Perry, two things get your reaction. Seth Magazine, I held a press briefing. It was with Landrin, and he was basically saying to the press, "And you're going to help me." Go after Fong and we're right, take him right. down and so forth. You're gonna help and the me. other thing was, again, I, I'm a fan and we both respect Tim White, Ted Nisi. So Fung went on the newsmakers program over the weekend. I'm telling you, the first 15 minutes, January 6th, what if Trump runs again in, nine, in uh, 2024? Uh, right. You're going to go after him. Are you going to vote for Kevin McCarthy? Holy cow. Like, now granted, he handled it all pretty well and it's a good thing that he's seasoned. But I think this election is also going to be kind of an election, um, in, in a way, a test on the local media. Just how biased are they going to be on this? Are they going to fold to the Seth Magaziners? There's basically like giving the marching orders like and you're going to all help me take him down. Yeah. Or is are we going to get real independent coverage? Look, someone uh, Fung needs and all major Republicans, but Fung needs to have the first sentence out of his mouth. This is not a referendum on Trump. That's right. And uh, Rhode Island has a lot of, you know, issues that need attention. And I'm going to bring that them. I mean, I, I would have him saying that and have people, somebody should, you know, they, they need to do that a lot, John, because you're right. And, and just stop that with local press and all respect to, I, they are a great team, but that's a little bit of lazy reporting in my humble opinion. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff you could be digging into. And the fact that you have uh, this confident magaziner, uh, just saying things like, and you, the media, you're going to help me. Well, <laughs> that the, as they what? say, the, the quiet part talking out loud. Oh, yes. okay. I guess they say, well, of course, the local media is going to carry me. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, again, I think these are the types of things, John, the state Rhode Island GOP needs to see these openings. Yeah. They, they, that's an opening. It is. Um, you know, and then you put the media a little bit kind of you know feel in a little bit insecure position in this no we're not carrying you put them on notice yeah where's the pushback on that now i did have dan mcgowan of the boston globe and he was vocal and said you know that kind of that certainly rubbed him the wrong way the rest have been quiet though the rest have been quiet so uh with fung though i think he is poised uh he has enough experience he knows what it's right like to run and win he knows what it's like to run and lose so this uh this and they're not getting any help from Washington. This this could be a real opportunity. Now, Donna Perry, before I let you go, Peggy Noonan wrote a great piece in the Wall Street Journal mm. about the horrors around us. I think she also raised a really good issue. You don't hear it a lot. People they're not vocalizing. When people talk about there's a mental health problem more than that, I really think, you know, she talked about with these particular latest shooters, the mass shooters, one in Illinois and then 
and then the one in Texas, there were red flags. There were a lot of red flags. Yeah. Maybe we need to start to, and, and I'm, I'm not saying she fully went there, but she's right. They, they are deranged and they're, they're scary and they're right there. And, and the things they're posting, maybe there needs to be education for families of, you know, what, yes. to, look for, what to look for. They, with the Illinois, <laughs> the police went to the house, removed knives. The kid was threatening to kill the family. And the father still went out and helped him buy guns. Right. Um, I think, as usual, I just want to hear your thoughts on the Peggy Noonan piece in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I thought, it as always, she's pretty spot on. She pulls out these, you know, that this kind of a notion. And I like that it, the, the thing about it is she's saying people are confused about the difference. And this is a lot of, uh, you know, where I stand a little bit about gun rights. Well, there's your individual right and there is a collective obligation yes. to communities and society. And and I'm sorry, we've talked about this before. You know, you you don't just have any right. You can't drive 105 on the highway because yeah. then uh, you endanger other people. Like right. I don't know why this concept is is that difficult to understand. Um but I think this is a, at a whole new level. It's the combination of as you say a lot of these young guys um, they, John, they're, they're really formulating these ideas really way back when they're in high school. And I yes. think so, or, or maybe younger. And I think, um, so I think the laws have to correspond to what we're dealing with now because of social media, uh, and, and their sort of indoctrination. I would say one thing has to be talked about that they're, they're trying to get on this, but this would be someone's high school records and access. Yeah. When you talk about an adjustment counselor. The, those people, John, in, in ninth or 10th grade, they, they are aware there yes. can be a record yep. um, up to now. It's private. A teacher can say he's um, talking about he would like to kill everyone. You know, a, a counselor is privy and aware of that. And, and right. I know it's sensitive, but we we're in a different time. And I think at that lower grade level, those records possibly have to be opened up. But when you talk about a background check, like what mm. I'm saying, I mean, someone, if they're spending their teens with this kind of a record, and by the way, you've mentioned this, John, the technology companies, which really resist yeah. a lot of regulation. Um, right. You know, if, if he's got all these feeds and posts about I'm going to kill everyone and shoot the school and all this stuff, like I, I, that has to play the role of where is the regulation, where is you know, uh, these platforms, when, when is that coming into the attention of a background check, by the way? Right. Yes. Um, and not only that, but, you know, you, you're right. And it is obligation. And it's also there is a difference of of rights. I mean, they, they there was, you know, at time people used to have a machine gun, right? And the mob used the Al Capone and then they they banned them. You can't get a yes. machine gun anymore because of the type of damage. I can't say, hey, I'd like to have some grenades because on a weekend I like to go and right, grenades. Right. No, you can't do that. So with this, I do know in some of the states where they're trying to get the red flag laws pushed, there are individuals, you know, they're playing on the fear that people have and the government's coming, they can't take away your guns and blah, 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 and that type of thing. This is different. There is certainly a pattern. These are primarily white, young white males, totally isolated. But you're right. It starts in the in the high school, yeah. maybe even in middle school, but it really starts to perpetuate. It gets worse and worse. And then by the time they hit, whether it's 18 or 19, it is, it has just manifested itself. And, and, you know, the more I think about it, there was even someone I knew at, at Bishop Hendrickson that when, when we were freshmen, he was, you know, kind of a normal kid, kind of quiet, but a good kid. Yeah. And then something happened. And by the time he, we were junior seniors, he, he had drifted. He was lost. His, you know, as all the horn, as everything you develop in your maturity, it he just went off into like a different place. And so there is something about that. I don't think they're educating enough, but you're right, Donna Perry. The answers are there with all of these shooters. If people interviewed, whether it's the guidance counselor or some of the teachers, they would say they were not surprised that this I, was someone who yeah. was building. The background checks have to be modernized, John. Yes, like they're, they're yeah. based on almost not even looking at the Internet. They're not. Um, no. And they're not, you know, just to say someone had never been arrested by police. Because guess what? 16-year-olds who are developing these notions, they're not arrested by police. 
Right. Uh, but they may have had quite an altercation within a school. So I think school records is is a more way to modernize it. I, I know people might not like that, but look, I'm sorry. Nobody likes what, what we're living with, like you say, and to yeah. her article. You're not safe to go to your town's Fourth of July parade. Yeah, no. And, it, it you know, the thing about the parade also shows there was such, you know, uh, uh, an, an emphasis because of Texas on on there's got to be school safety. Well, the Buffalo shooter demonstrated, okay, if the school you can't get in, then I'll go to a supermarket. Never yeah. can't go to a supermarket. Wow. This one yeah. says, then I'll go to a, a parade. Now, they also found the one in Illinois. He had scattered out and showed up at a synagogue. So he was looking for where's going to be the location. When you see those videos that are online, they're very, very disturbing. The fact that the father went to Good Morning America and basically said he didn't think the kid did anything wrong and, and he didn't know and he helped him buy the gun. There's, there's a dramatic problem there. But I come back to Donna Perry. The fact that police were called to the home, had to remove knives from the home, he was threatening to kill the whole family, that is, that's not someone that had a bad night. That's not, you know, just uh, teen angst. This, they have crossed in to another area and as Peggy Noonan illustrates, they're not even hiding it from us. They right, are right. frightening and they're right out there in the open for those that want to look. Yeah, they're troubled in plain sight. That's they that's are. what's more oh, most disturbing right now. Yeah. So, folks, again, she is opinion maker, columnist, Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Talk to you again. Yeah. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Twitter, it's all right there at the website, petro.com And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at petro.com And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, petro.com